I will call this meeting to order. Uh, city staff for uh, roll call. Okay, Carlson. Here. Priscillas. Parker. Here. Uh, Pretorius. Here. Russo. And that was a here if it didn't oh, catch on the it. audio. All right, perfect. I'm gonna go on to the opening statement. Uh, <clears throat> the Board of Adjustment is a quasi-judicial body created by the City of Iowa City according to state statutes. The Board's purpose is to decide on applications for variances from the zoning ordinance, appeals of decisions of city officials, and applications for special exceptions requested under the zoning ordinance. The Board of Adjustment is an independent volunteer board made up of Iowa City residents and is not part of the city administration. We are assisted in our work by the city attorney's office and by planning staff. Prior to this meeting, board members received the material submitted by the applicant, the staff reports, reviewing the application and any correspondence submitted by members of the public. Board members have not discussed the application or its merits with each other, staff, the applicant, or any other member of the public in advance of this meeting. All consideration and discussion by the board takes place in open meeting here tonight, where we ha also have an opportunity to hear from the public. The board bases its decisions on facts and evidence allowed by city code presented in open meeting. Concise and truthful testimony helps us a great deal in our decision making. We ask that if you wish to speak, that you come to the podium or speak into your microphone, tell us your name and your address and speak clearly so your testimony can be heard by all present and by our minute taker as all testimony becomes part of the public record. We ask that the proceedings be orderly and that when you are testifying, you address your remarks to the board. If this hearing becomes lengthy, we may ask that you, your testimony be focused on new facts or on information not already presented. An order of proceedings for each application will be an oral report by staff summarizing the issues of the case and staff's recommendations, an opportunity for the applicant to speak, an opportunity for any other interested parties to speak for or against the application, an opportunity for final statements and arguments by the applicant and staff, the board will discuss the issues and evidence, state its findings, and vote on a motion. Motions are always made in the affirmative. And maybe we should add too that if you're not speaking, possibly put your uh, microphone on mute because it seems to be like a lot of kind of static and interference from different people's microphones. All right, so we're moving to minutes to the end. I think we're going to go ahead and talk about pull up the agenda uh special exception item exc 21-0005 this is an application submitted by pm design group to allow drive-through facility and community commercial cc2 zone for a remote automated teller machine or an atm machine at 1600 sycamore street all right and I believe I need to go ahead. This is where you need to open it up for. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the public hearing is now open and we will hear from staff. Thank you. Okay. Let me know if you can't see my screen, but I believe it should be sharing. Uh, this is EXC 21-0005. 
uh, application submitted by PM Design Group to allow drive-through facility in a community commercial zone for remote for an ATM at 1600 Sycamore Street. So the applicant is submitting on behalf uh, of US Bank uh, for a drive-through lane for the ATM. It's not the ATM that's triggering it, but it is the drive-through lane. So that is what we are considering today. Uh, the proposed facility would replace 10 existing parking spaces just south of the intersection of Lower Muscatine Road uh, and Mall Drive. Though the site is pretty large, it's the Iowa City Marketplace site, uh, if you're familiar with that. Um, but the proposed facility is pretty small. It's only about 2,600 square feet. Uh, and moving on, here is what that looks like a site plan. So again, you can see the entire site is the parcel that's involved in this. Uh, it's pretty big, but then you also see the, the inset shows the smaller, uh, the smaller area that will actually be affected by the application. Uh, this was included in your uh, staff report packet. Uh, you can also see surrounding uses uh, is mostly commercial. So to the north is Oral B. Uh, to the east are some commercial uses, including uh, an insurance firm. There's a cleaners there. And then to the south and the west is the rest of that um, Iowa City Marketplace lot. So there's three sets of buildings that are included in that lot, including the Iowa City Marketplace building itself to the south, and then the McDonald's building uh, to the northwest there. Uh, Iowa City Marketplace has quite a few businesses in it, so I won't really go into those in detail. Most of the surrounding uses are also zoned uh, CC2, which is community commercial. Uh, there is industrial zoning to the north where there's Oral B. This is a, a zoomed in shot of that site, so you can kind of see how that fits in uh, just south of the Lower Muscatine Road and Mall Drive intersection. And this is what it looks like when it's flipped with the site plan. And then here is the site plan itself. So that's how that fits into the site. Uh, you can see that there is the ATM uh, with the drive-through lane to the northeast of it right here uh, with stacking space for three cars. Uh, you can see that it follows the same traffic flow where it would be a right-hand turn uh, from the adjacent traffic lane. Uh, for those going that direction, which would be to the northwest. And for those going southeast, uh, they would have to do a left-hand turn. Um, and that's how that would work. And traffic would exit uh, into the, to the northwest there. Uh, you can also see that there is a sidewalk that runs to the northwest uh, of the facility. Right here, there's a, a crossing uh, just to the west of it. Uh, so that, that is considered throughout the, the, the uh, staff report. As far as what that looks like today, this is looking southeast from that intersection. So you can see the, the parking lanes that will be affected. Uh, this is what that buffer looks like between um, the drive-through facility and a Lower Muscatine Road here. This is the pedestrian crossing that I pointed out, um, looking at it from the intersection. So you can see that there is a sidewalk, uh, but and it has, as it goes further, um, further in, that there is colored pavement there to, to demarcate where that is. Uh, this is looking northwest from that green space. Again, you can see a tree in the foreground, and you can see that there's no sidewalk there. Uh, this is what it looks like looking northwest from the current parking area. So a lot of pavement 
and again, here's a picture of the site plan and a picture of what they believe uh, the ATM facility will look like uh, as included in the packet. And this is a rendering of what they believe it will look like, which was also included in the packet. You'll note that there isn't any screening in the foreground, but their site plan does include some screening there. So tonight, uh, the, the role of the Board of Adjustment is to, you are charged with approving, approving with conditions or denying the application based on the facts presented. Uh, to approve the special exception, the board must find that it meets all applicable approval criteria, which includes both specific standards pertaining to the waiver requested, in this case, drive-through lanes, and then also general standards for all special exceptions. So for uh, drive-through facilities, there are three sets of standards that we look at related to access and circulation, location and design standards. Those are, are laid out in the staff report, uh, and I will be going through those uh, piece by piece. So the first tied to access and circulation uh, is that the transportation system has to be capable of safely supporting the use uh, in addition to existing uses in the area. Uh, we look at things like street capacity, level of service, effects on traffic circulation, access, separation of curb cuts, uh, and pedestrian safety. Uh, specifically, uh, there's a couple criteria involved with this. So the first is that wherever possible and practical, drive-through lanes uh, shall be accessed from secondary streets, alleys, or shared cross access drives. So when looking at the site, the property has two vehicular access points from Lower Muscatine Road to the northeast, and then one from Sycamore uh, Street to the west. There are shared access or shared cross access drives that provide circulation between these points into the buildings on the site. Uh, generally, this proposed facility would be accessed through one of these uh, shared cross access drives, uh, and that would come through a, a surface parking lot. The most likely access point would be from that intersection that's closest to it by uh, Mall Drive and Lower Muscatine Road. And then the drive-through facility itself has a one-way access point uh, moving from southeast to northwest would flow with adjacent uh, traffic through the, the site. So what that looks like in practice, you can see those three access points from the larger site uh, to the west, Sycamore to the east, Lower Muscatine Road. Uh, the yellow on this uh, image shows those cross access drives and then the blue shows those parking lots. So if we're looking at the closest access point uh, for the ATM facility, it would be uh, those bullseyed in red right there. Uh, so it's that southern access point off of Lorma Muscatine Road. In terms of pedestrian access, you can see that in orange. Uh, those go through the site uh, with one that crosses or goes by Lower Muscatine Road, one that goes on Sycamore Street. Uh, and the one on Lower Muscatine Road ends uh, in front of the facility, uh, but it does cross at the access point that's most likely to be used by this uh, drive-through facility. So the second criteria is that to provide for safe pedestrian movement, the number and width of curb cuts serving the use must be limited or may be limited. Uh, any new curb cuts are subject to the standards of the city. Uh, staff finds that there are no changes to the curb cuts being proposed and that the nearest uh, existing pedestrian route uh, is located northwest of the proposed drive-through facility. It shouldn't be significantly impacted by the facility. Uh, staff does want to note that there may be additional traffic where the pedestrian route crosses the entrance to the parking lot, uh, but traffic speeds are low in a parking lot 
Uh, visibility is pretty good and the pedestrian pathway is pretty clearly demarcated with color pavement. Uh, so staff doesn't anticipate issues with that. So the red bullseyes are that uh, pedestrian pathway again. And here's an image of, of what that looks like where you can see the colored pavement. Uh, the, the next criteria is related to the number of stacking spaces. So the recommended amount for uh, non-food related drive-through facilities like banks uh, is four, but the board, board may reduce the recommended number of stacking spaces if the applicant can demonstrate that the specific business has unique characteristics such that the recommended number of stacking spaces is excessive. So in this case, the concept plan shows uh, a drive-through lane with three stacking spaces, which is one shorter than that recommended number. Um, staff does believe that the recommended number is excessive due to the characteristics of an ATM, which generally has shorter transaction times than a lot of other uses that would be uh, similar. Uh, and it also has lower peak hour volumes. Uh, staff looked at the uh, peak hour volumes provided by the applicant uh, for the month of May. Generally, peak hours appear to be uh, 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. on weekdays. They're a little longer, 10 a.m. and 5 to 5 p.m. on weekends. Heaviest use appears to be on Fridays and Saturdays. So looking at these peak hour times, generally less than 3% of those hour-long time slots um, have 10 users or less. The highest volume that we saw was 19 users, which occurred one time over that month. Uh, and at its highest volume, the potential average wait time for vehicles in those three uh, stacking spaces is around nine and a half minutes, uh, averages about 3.15 minutes per user. Um, and the parking drive aisle can accommodate some potential, uh, some, some potential spillover traffic if it's needed uh, with traffic speeds low enough to maintain safety. So, so staff believes that that is adequate. Uh, giving these facts. Uh, the fourth criteria uh, is that sufficient on-site signage and pavement markings shall be provided to indicate direction of vehicular travel, pedestrian crossings, stop signs, no entrance to areas, uh, and other controls for safe movement. The concept plan indicates pavement markings with directional arrows in the drive-through lane, uh, specifically enter only at the entrance and exit only at the exit. Uh, existing stripe, striping will be removed, new striping provided to distinguish the drive-through lane from the former parking spaces. Uh, the concept plan does not currently include signage. Staff does recommend installing a do not enter sign at the drive-through exit uh, to emphasize that that is the exit uh, and to ensure safe vehicular movement. Uh, with, with the staff recommendation, staff believes that the proposed use will have sufficient on-site on controls to guide traffic. The second set of criteria is related to location. In the case of this zone, the relevant criteria is that uh, the location standard that the drive-through lanes and service, uh, service windows are located on a non-street facing facade uh, is preferable, um, but the applicant can demonstrate that a street facing location is preferable for the overall safety and efficiency of the site, but it does not conflict with adjacent uses or pedestrian access and does not compromise character of the streetscape or neighborhood in which it is located. So uh, we go through those uh, in this. So generally staff finds, you know, they, they are showing that the drive-through lane is on the street-facing facade parallel with Lower Muscatine Road, uh, but staff does believe that the layout is preferable 
um, because it allows right turn access um, for the adjacent traffic lane. Uh, obviously, you will have some left turn access there, but they would have to yield anyway. So, so it makes sense that you would have the right turn access uh, for that adjacent lane. Generally, staff doesn't believe that the drive through lane will compromise the character of the streetscape. Um, nearby uses are commercial, and uh, the drive through lane will replace existing surface parking, uh, which is a automobile use, so it's a similar use. Uh, in addition, there will be additional uh, landscaping that will be required, um, and that will act as a visual buffer for the street. Um, and I stated this earlier, but the location won't affect pedestrian access. So staff believes that this criteria is met. The next is that the drive-through lane has to be set back 10 feet from the adjacent lot lines and public rights of way. And again, screened from view. Uh, the drive-through lane is set back more than 10 feet from Lower Muscatine Road. Um, and it will be screened to the S2 standard as noted on the site plan or the concept plan. The third set of criteria related to design standards, um, mostly tied to making sure that the facility won't be detrimental to adjacent residential properties or detract from or unduly interrupt pedestrian circulation uh, or the commercial character of the area in which it is located. So the first sub-criteria for this is that uh, to promote compatibility with surrounding development, the number of drive-through lanes should be limited such that the amount of paving and stacking spaces uh, don't diminish the design quality of the streetscape or safety of pedestrian realm. In this case, no new paving is being proposed as part of the project because it will replace uh, existing parking, 10 spaces again, like I had noted. Um, S2 screening is required between the drive through lane and Lower Muscatine Road right of way. Uh, so there is an existing tree uh, uh, which should be retained where possible. Um, the nearest pedestrian walkway is delineated with color pavements so that helps maintain safety for pedestrians. Uh, but there is no pedestrian pathway uh, along that green space that will abut the drive through facility uh, between it and Lower Muscatine Road. Uh, so some space should be reserved for a future connection that mostly could be accommodated within uh, the right of way staff believes. Uh, and then the proposed facility will not diminish uh, because of these. Staff believes that it will not diminish the design quality of the streetscape or the safety uh, of the pedestrian environment. Second, that it be screened to the S2 standard. So in this case, the drive-through facility is not adjacent to residential uses. It's all commercial uses around it or industrial to the north. Uh, and so landscaping along Lower Muscatine Road shall be provided at the S2 standard. And that's laid out on the concept plan. Third, um, should consider multiple windows servicing a single stacking lane to reduce idling. Uh, in this case, the drive-through facility is an ATM. Anticipated throughput is pretty quick, uh, about two minutes according to the applicant. So multiple machines are not necessary to reduce the amount of idling on site. Uh, four, stacking spaces, driveways, and drive-through lanes shall be located to minimize potential for vehicular and pedestrian conflicts, shall be integrated in the surrounding landscape and streetscape. Um, so staff knows that there may be some additional traffic where pedestrian route crosses the entrance to the parking lot, uh, but no new pedestrian conflicts are created. Uh, traffic speeds, again, are low on internal drives, visibility is good, and the pathway is clearly demarcated. Um, so that should help uh, protect pedestrians who cross this area. 
additionally, vehicular concept conflicts are reduced uh, by having the proposed ATM separate the drive-through lane from the parking drive aisle. Uh, staff does recommend some additional physical separation uh, using something like a curb, planter boxes, other similar control uh, devices approved by the city engineer. Staff does recommend that as a condition of approval. Um, you'll note that uh, as I get to that point. Um, again, the media area is commercial in nature, so it's less sensitive, but the screening does help, help soften the appearance of this facility. Uh, and the proposed facility will replace existing parking spaces, so it will be uh, somewhat visually similar uh, as an auto-oriented auto use. Fifth, uh, lighting for the drive-through facility must comply with the outdoor lighting standards. Um, the concept plan proposes one overhead light with two LED fixtures, but staff will review this through uh, the site, site uh, plan review process, and so uh, it will have to comply at that point. You'll notice that there's no six, but that's because that standard has been rescinded by council. And then finally, uh, loudspeakers and intercom systems, uh, if allowed, should be located and directed to minimize disturbance to adjacent uses. In this case, no loudspeakers or intercom systems are proposed, uh, and the ATM should only include uh, or will only include a keypad tone, uh, won't include ambient advertising or anything like that, or miscellaneous sounds. So uh, this criteria staff believes is met. And that brings us to the seven general standards that staff reviews. So the first is that the specific proposed exception will not be detrimental to or endanger the public self public health, safety, comfort, or general welfare. Um, staff doesn't believe uh, that the proposed drive-through facility will uh, substantially increase vehicular traffic to the site uh, near other commercial uses, and that vehicular circulation and access is adequate to accommodate that use, uh, again, as long as it conforms to that concept plan. So staff recommends that as a condition of approval. Uh, staff notes that the ATM does provide a physical barrier, um, but again, we are recommending additional physical barriers such as planter boxes to provide some additional separation there. Um, and again, where additional traffic uh, may be generated where that pedestrian pathway crosses, um, staff doesn't believe that will be issue for the reasons that I've already mentioned tonight. Uh, and so as a result, staff doesn't believe that uh, there will be uh, any detriment to or endangerment of the public health, safety, comfort, or general welfare. Second, that it won't injure the use of or enjoyment of other properties in the immediate vicinity or affect property values. So the proposed facility is compatible with surrounding uses, which are commercial. It'll replace existing parking lots, with, which are already auto-oriented. Uh, screening will mitigate impacts of the streetscape in addition to properties to the east. Um, the proposed use is far enough away from existing businesses, so increase in traffic shouldn't affect that negatively at all. Uh, and then as a result, staff doesn't believe that it will injure the use of surrounding properties or negatively impact property values. Uh, the next criteria is, will it affect normal and orderly development and improvement of surrounding property? Uh, in this case, the area is already fully developed with a mix of commercial industrial uses so staff doesn't believe that the uh, future redevelopment and improvement will be affected. Next is adequate utilities, access roads, drainage, and or necessary facilities. So 
sufficient utilities, access roads, necessary facilities are established for this neighborhood and can meet the proposed requirements. Uh, pedestrian access will be maintained from the right of way through the property and internal vehicle vehicular circulation uh, is sufficient. And then again, uh, there will be screening to the S2 standard between the drive-through facility and Lower Muscatine Road. Uh, and so there is that existing tree which should be incorporated to the screening where feasible. Fifth, that there's adequate measures uh, to provide ingress or egress to minimize traffic congestion on public streets. In this case, it's access from internal circulation drives. Uh, the three stacking spaces are accommodated uh, or are adequate to accommodate the use. Uh, there is some additional overflow of space within the parking drive aisle that won't affect uh, public streets. Pavement markings shown on the concept plan uh, will help efficiently direct vehicles through the site in addition to the recommended signage that staff is recommending as a, a condition of approval. Uh, and then as a result, proposed facility will not substantially affect congestion on public streets. Uh, six, that the uh, proposed use conforms otherwise to the zones of the standard. Uh, the, the only thing that might be affected that staff was considering or the primary thing that might be affected is that because they're reducing parking spaces that that might be affected. In this case, parking is more than adequate on the site and so the loss of 10 spaces does not affect uh, its minimum parking standard. As far as you know, other applicable zoning standards and regulations, uh, staff will ensure conformance with those uh, during the site plan review process. And then finally, that it is consistent with the comprehensive plan. So in this case, the area is shown uh, as general commercial in both the comprehensive plan, uh, it's shown as commercial in the South District plan, um, and, or the Southeast District plan, excuse me, I mistyped that. Um, the comprehensive plan also supports encouraging the retention and expansion of existing businesses uh, and the, the use is consistent with the existing uses. So uh, we believe that it is consistent with the comprehensive and district plans, um, regardless of the special exception. So based on these findings, staff recommends approval of EXC 21-0005 to allow drive-through facility for an ATM at the property located at 1600 Sycamore Street, subject to three conditions. First, installation of a do not enter sign at the drive-through lane exit. Second, additional sep physical separation between the parking drive aisle and drive-through lane by using a curb, planer boxes, or other control devices, control devices as approved by the city engineer. And then third, substantial compliance uh, with the concept plan. And with that, uh, I can take any questions that the board has about Staff's findings. No questions. All right. Uh, doesn't sound like anybody is going to have any questions. So let's go ahead and now hear from the applicant if they are here tonight and want to speak. Hello all, thank you for uh, taking the time to review this project. Um, I, no real commentary to add to this project. Um, we acknowledge the conditions that have been laid out and uh, prepared to make those changes. Um, 
Kirk, if I understand correctly, I, I don't need to do any sort of resubmittal. It would just be part of the site plan review. Correct. Uh, but yeah, we we feel this is a you know a good location for this. Uh, we've worked pretty closely with Kirk to make sure we're you know meeting all the conditions laid out. Um, I feel like it would be a great addition to this area. Excellent, thank you. Is there any member of the public who wishes to speak in favor of the application? Hi, my name is Julie. I'm with Stratus for the GC. Can I can I ask a couple of questions if that's okay from you guys? just in regards to some of the criteria that was put out, is that okay? Uh, I believe so. I mean, the questions are supposed to be addressed to the board. Oh, okay, Never mind then. I won't ask it. Okay, I just had a couple of questions. Uh, sorry, I'm new to this, oh, so no. I apologize. That's okay. Kirk, is that correct? Or are you able to answer questions too on, I mean, I, it's typically it's addressed to the- Typically it would be addressed, addressed to the board. Uh, if the board has questions about it. Okay then you could ask, but. Okay, we'll leave it as is. Anybody else who wishes to speak in favor of the applicant? All right. Is there any member of the public who wishes to speak against the application? At this time, uh, does the applicant wish to respond to any comments from the public? There weren't many comments from the public. No, I'm good to go. Okay. Uh, and does the uh, staff or board have any additional comments for staff before we uh, talk about closing the public hearing? If we close public hearing, uh, Julie cannot bring up her question, correct? Correct. So she would basically need to ask it of the board and the board. Julie, do you, Julie, do you want to just ask the board your question? Yes. And it, it just was in general from U.S. Bank. So U.S. Bank is concerned and has questions on the planter boxes that are you are suggesting for there. Um, so the planter boxes, I'm assuming, have to have landscaping in them, correct? Um, would who would be responsible for maintaining that landscaping? Would we ask the landlord to do it? Kirk, do you know the answer to this question? So staff is recommending physical separation. Um, in our conversations with uh, the applicant, you know, we, we've indicated, we've suggested planter boxes is a good uh, option for that. Um, as to who would maintain it, that would be decided between, you know, the applicant and the landlord in, in that case. So, or the applicant and the owner of the lot is what I would say, or the maintenance organization. Okay. Okay. Um, and then one other question I had for you is, um, Will you specify what type of plantings we'll need for our screening? Will you be very specific on that or so that we can make sure we meet that criteria? Hmm. So in the case of a condition like this, um, you know, the condition is as approved by the city engineer. So it would be, a, it's typically a situation where 
at site plan review, you know, you'll, you'll update your, your site plan that you have, then it would be submitted. And then the, the city engineer or whoever uh, was reviewing that site plan would provide comments on that usually. Okay. All right. It's typically um, how work. Okay. If I could pipe in, Julie, those, the city zoning code does outline the S2 standard as well as the other landscaping standards. So we can review that. And okay. uh, I think the question would be, you know, do we need to include uh, like a landscape architect or some specialty um, or are we able to find all of the information we need based upon the code? Yeah, that would all, that's something that can be worked through depending on if the drive-through would be approved or not, I think. Understood, thank you. Okay, and then just one last thing. Can I please, you pulled up an address uh, when you pulled up the whole shopping center, there was addresses. Um, I show in my documents that it's 1660 Sycamore. Is is it 1600 or is it attached to 1660? Can we get that clarification, please? So, uh, Staff, when, when staff looks at uh, parcels, the property address that comes up first is 1600 Sycamore Street. There are extra addresses associated with this parcel. Um, that includes 1604, uh, and those would be Suite A and Suite B. Uh, I imagine they're all associated with the parcel, so I imagine those, uh, typically any of those addresses would be adequate to apply to the parcel. Okay, so I'll use the address of 1600 Sycamore Street then. I'm not sure what their mailing addresses are offhand, but I imagine that. Okay. Those were my questions. Thank you for allowing me to ask those. I just have to report back to US Bank. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Amy, before you close the public hearing as to the question about the maintenance of the planter, I think if the board includes that condition, you should state whether you want the applicant to maintain it uh, or not. Uh, I think it's preferable for the applicant as opposed to the landlord, uh, but I, I, would, I would clarify that. Since you're giving the applicant the exception, presumably it would be incumbent upon them to maintain it, but that's the board's call, um, not, not my decision, just, just putting that out there. That's good. Thanks, Sue. Well, if there's no other issues the board wants to have more clarity on, any final questions? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, close the public hearing. So consider the public hearing closed. Uh, does somebody want to make a motion to approve this special exception and put it on the table for discussion? Uh, yes, as long as I can get to my thing here. Um, I move to approve EXC 20 dash, what number was this? Uh, 0021-0005. The application submitted by PM Design Group to allow drive-through facility in the common commercial Zone for remote automated teller machine at 1600 Sycamore Street. 
Excellent. Uh, is there a second? I believe oh. Mark seconded. I think that we can unmute. I'm gonna ask. Okay. <laughs> Did you hear me? Yes. Okay. So, board, any questions? Do we want to address this? Do we want involvement in the decision of uh, who maintains this uh, planner box? Whether it's the, the applicant or the landlord. Um, I drove down through the uh, parking lot today. I think the applicant needs to be the one who take who maintains the planter box. Some of the uh, landscaped areas in the uh, parking lot today were maintained, and some of them weren't. Some of them were very weedy, uh, and they were close to the main aisle from Sycamore to uh, the Mall Drive. So I think it would be best if the applicant is the or the applicant is the person responsible for the planners and for the landscaping. Strikes, uh, Mark. I, don't, I truly don't have an opinion on it. I don't know if either of you do. So, other than someone needs to maintain it, of course. <laughs> but it, we can only give the condition to the applicant at this time. So perhaps it does become a condition. Yeah, I'm all for that. That's fine. Um, any other discussion at this time by the board? Any other questions uh, within talking to each other? Otherwise, yes. Yeah. I'm concerned about the placement of this at this particular location. Uh, I think there would be a much better location for it, a much safer location. When the mall was uh, built in the 70s uh there was the major and if kirk could put up that uh map of the circulation of tra travel that he showed uh at that time there was a major diagram or a major street yeah the major street that went through to or a major aisle that went through up to the uh mall itself and then it went to the right or depending on which way you're going it went toward lower muscatine road things have really changed there since then uh that parking lot is now a cut through when you pull in from the mall drive if you're going to go to uh panera or the dollar store planet the fitness center is back behind there People cut through that drive, through that parking lot all the time. The yellow line that shows the traffic going up to the uh, mall is used very, very little. Instead, it, they cut through the parking lot all the time, both directions, going into Panera's and the stores around there and coming out from there 
to the access to the lower Muscatine Drive. So I, I mean, there's what, 21 or 23 uh, acres of lot here and they're looking at 20, 2,600 square feet. I think there would be a much better place for that that would not uh, add to the congestion. That three-way thing there, although there are stop signs there, is very congested. Uh, McDonald's comes out there. As I said, the people from uh, Panera and all those people come out right there. Uh, the major times that the... Uh, the ATM is used is for during lunch time and at supper time. That's the major time when McDonald's has most of their business. That's the major time when Panera has most of their business. Uh, I'm concerned about traffic jam things in there. So uh, I would not vote for this placement. Nancy, you're going to have to point out a particular standard that you feel has not been met. Okay. I can pull up code. Okay, and one effects on traffic circulation and requirements. The one it says the one way access point from southeast to northwest that flows with adjacent traffic through the surface parking lot. Um, that traffic is not just going from the southeast to the northwest. It goes both ways. So therefore, if you're going to go drive in and into the in from the come off mall off lower Muscatine, turn onto it and then turn again, you're going to make a left hand turn. And then you if there's traffic coming towards you, you're going to have to wait to make another left-hand turn to get into that uh, drive-through for that for the thing. Uh, it says allows right turn access to the drive-through lane for the adjacent, adjust, adjacent traffic lane and consequently reduces potential traffic conflicts because of the fact that this is used so much as a, as a cut-through from that entrance to the stores uh, to Panera and the dollar store and that, I think there are going to be conflicts. Although it is a slow amount of traffic, uh, right now there are no lines. It is just open. It's sort of like a no man's land where people drive back and forth, both north and south. Could you, what, what, what header is that under or which number? That would be the standard that you don't believe is met. Okay, uh, the last one that I talked to would be an adequate number of, let's see, wait, wait, no, I take that back. It would be location, uh, it would be loc two location. The bold, Nancy, the bolded language. Yeah, she's getting there, two location. Okay, and then under that findings, it would be the second one with the dot on it. The first is the drive-through lane is parallel with Lower Muscatine Road. 
The second is this layout is preferable for the overall safety and efficiency of the site because it allows right-hand access to the right to the drive-through lane for the adjacent traffic lane and consequently reduces potential traffic concerns. So that standard is related to uh, the drive-through lane being closer to the road than the, the facility itself. It might be, if you're looking at vehicular circulation, there's a couple standards about that. Um, for example, I would look probably to, I mean, it, a general one that talks about circulation is, uh, you know, the proposed exception will not be detrimental to or endanger public health, safety, or welfare. Uh, possibly adequate measures have been or will be taken to provide ingress or egress. Or one of those standards that you, you think wouldn't be met. Okay, can you give me where that's at? I'm sorry. If you look at page seven. Okay, page seven. You see general standards, the header. Okay. Under that is number one, specific proposed exception will not be detrimental to or endanger the public health, safety, comfort, or general welfare. It sounds like based on your comments, those are the sorts of, that's the finding that you may disagree with. Okay. I. Okay. I just, as I said, I mean, I go there quite a bit, and I know that that area right where those, where the uh, cut through from Sycamore to uh, Lower Muscatine, where there's that triangular intersection and where McDonald's comes in, and then there's a little entranceway from um, this parking lot, that is always a very congested area and cars are always trying to go lots of different directions there. Right, so it sounds like to me that uh, it, you're probably either against uh, the first finding where it might endanger the public health safety or general welfare, or you could even say it's number what, five, adequate measures have been taken or will be taken to provide ingress, egress, designed to minimize traffic congestion. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not against the, the ATM. I'm just not sure if that is the best place for it. Would you, any thoughts as to a better location? Not right now, that's so I feel strange. Yeah, all I feel so. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I have one thought. Uh, if you go to the second entrance on Mall Drive, to the north of that, that little area up in there, just to the north of it, there are three businesses there. But you could do that as a uh, one way. You go in one direction, you come back out this another direction. I don't know, but that that would be much safer. It wouldn't have as much traffic. It wouldn't have all the conflicting cars coming from different directions. Um, 
I'm just concerned about, you know, there are a lot of things in here about the concern of the safety of the motorist on the public street. Well, this isn't a public street. This is a parking area, but hopefully we would be concerned about the safety of the motorist in the parking areas also. Right. You know, the Sycamore Mall parking lot back in the 90s before Coral Ridge Mall came into play, and this was, in fact, one of the complications to be the parking lot was probably a lot more packed than it is today. You know, for sure, I would see where you're coming from at that point in time. But where, where Sycamore, unfortunately, you know, has been in recent years, you know, they've, they've struggled on occasion to keep, uh, you know, certain stores in uh, flagship stores, you know, Von Mar and whatnot. And I, I love that they're, they're bringing back traffic and stuff like that. Part of me wonders, you know, putting an ATM location in a very visible location like this maybe does help drive traffic to this commercial space again, which is definitely what we want to do to some degree. Uh, you know, make sure that the ATM is located in a place that's very visible and very close to the mall. But also, as I can see, they, I feel like they designed it pretty well to kind of stay out of the beaten, you know, uh, the beaten path as much as you can while also you know not securing and being too close to the, the parking spots that are really being utilized by the people trying to go shopping and whatnot so it I, I see what you're saying like is there a better location but without really suggesting that is there one i think this probably could be one of the better locations that they've identified and i just i don't personally know that that mall is ever going to be that congested. I feel like I personally don't know that this is a safety issue. I, I understand your concern. I, I see where you're coming from just based on how close it is to that thoroughfare that you're talking about. Right, uh, Mark, any, any questions, comments related to any of this? I have one question. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Um, um, that's not, those are not public right-of-ways, right? Those are, it's essentially that's the property of whoever owns the mall. Is that right? So isn't the question of, um, isn't the question of sort of traffic control, doesn't that lay at the owner's doorstep as opposed to the city's or I mean I'm again I, uh, it's a little over my head but um, uh, uh, would it be incumbent upon them if, if there is confusion and, and I admit there is confusion about egress and, and access in that whole area what lane to take what not to take um, isn't that more on the the owner doorstep than it is on the city's am I wrong there no you're right you know honestly in all of our every time we do one of these exceptions they have they come with these very specific findings that are always very boilerplate and you know safety and whatnot so always a concern and so a part of our decision does have to be based on being a an issue to safety wellness health any any of those items so we do get to whether it's fortunate or unfortunately weigh in on that but yes yeah. Right. Technically, the engineers, the city development, planning development has probably already stuck this out and weighed in, and that's when they kind of give their recommendation. We just have to make sure that we are in agreement with that recommendation, or they didn't miss something or something along those lines. I, I, I think my, my, my point simply is that um, 
if there is confusion in that area about track, uh, the direction of traffic, um, that maybe that's uh, something that the ownership needs to take up. I mean, I, I, looking at the site plan, I think this is a good site. I've never seen a car parked in that in that corner. I've never ever seen a car parked in that corner. So it, it seems to me, from just from that standpoint, it seems to make sense. But again, I'm not. Um, uh, my, my only concern is uh, how, how this um, how this does this body this body's um, this body doesn't have to make uh, recommend other recommendations, right? That's staff. Isn't that staff a responsibility if you decide that the site isn't appropriate? I mean. Well, staff has yeah, already decided we, that, right? I'm, I'm sorry. Staff has already decided it's appropriate. Yeah. That's in yeah. the findings. And yes. so, it, but it's for you folks to agree or disagree with those, those findings based on what you've heard today. Yes. Nancy, sorry, I, I muted you a few seconds ago because we're getting feedback from your mic. I think I can. Nancy, ask. Have a, did Nancy have another comment? She started. She started to speak. I apologize for that. Nancy, you want to go ahead or? She's working on it. She's still muted. Oh. Sorry. I realize that as far as visibility, that's a great location. There are a lot of positive things about it. My major concern is the safety of the people who are in their vehicles trying to get from one place to another. And at the time that the uh, mall was built, this was really, it was a dead zone. It was a dead area down in there. And it still is as far as parking goes. But what it is, is the number, the amount of traffic that cuts through there. And this, I feel, is a strange, I feel like I'm in a strange position because this is not a public area. This is a private area. But I am concerned about the safety of the people in their vehicles as they try to go from one place to another. And so that's why I bring this up. Um. So we have a motion on the table uh, to approve the special exception. Uh, did Nancy, did you want to make a, a motion uh, otherwise, or do you think perhaps we can kind of wait and see how everybody votes? Unless you have an idea, unless somebody wants to uh, add a contingency or some sort of something to this. I mean, I don't know what to do. I just know I will not vote for the, this location because I do not feel that it is possibly the safest places, safest place for motorists. Mm -hmm. Both the people who are 
just cutting through and the people who are trying to go into the uh, ATM and use it and come back out. I'm, that's my major concern. I think I think the idea of having an ATM there is great. I you know I like everything about it. I just am concerned about where it's at on the property. Uh, Amy, we have a motion on the table. Do we want to vote on that with conditions? It sounds like maybe for the planter boxes. Yeah, I think we will. And if of course, yeah. Because I don't think we can have two motions on the table at the same time. Right, right. We'll so need the to. One already open. Yeah, so there's a motion in favor, but we'll need a findings of fact. And so the question is whether uh, Nancy, we know, doesn't agree with all the findings, but the, to, uh, either Mark or Bruce. Uh, agree with the, the findings proposed by staff. And uh, Mark and Bryce, do you guys, one of you agree with the, the findings of uh, staff or were we at minimum going to make a... Uh, do we do that before conditions? Yeah, I think... Well... I'm just making this up. You could say, I agree with the findings uh, of staff proposed with the additional condition yep. that so-and-so uh, maintain the, the plan. Well, yeah, I have, I have that in front of me, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I can do that quick. Um, all right, so regarding EXC 21 dash, what is it, triple zero five? I concur with the findings set forth in the staff report of what is today, 9 June, and conclude that the general and specific standards are satisfied with one exception. I recommend adding the following condition that U.S. Bank um, and not the landlord be, be uh, responsible for the plantings and planter in the, in the planting box. So unless amended or opposed by another board member, I recommend that the board adopt the findings in the staff report with this. Um, I don't know how you want to word it, uh, this condition that uh, U.S. Bank be responsible for the plantings in the planter box for approval of this special exception. Ongoing maintenance, perhaps. Yeah, ongoing maintenance, sure. Right. Do, I Do I need to say that entire thing over again? <laughs> Do. No. Uh, all right. Uh, any other comments from the board before we vote? Do they need a second? You could have a second, yeah, sure. Or you can just take the vote on the on the motion itself. Too. We'll take the vote. Uh, so we'll do roll call. Russo. Aye. Carlson. No. Parker. Yes. Torius. Yes. Oh, uh, Chrysillis. 
All right. I think that's everybody. So uh, motion is declared approved. Any person desiring to appeal this decision to a court of record may do so within 30 days after the decision is filed with the city clerk's office. All right. So we are done with that. If the applicant and any other person related to this item, feel free to leave and thank you for your attendance. Otherwise, the board, we will discuss the uh, minutes. Appreciate your time today. Greatly appreciated. Thank you. All right, so this will be the consideration of meeting minutes from April 14th, 2021. I get a motion to approve the minutes. Well, didn't, uh, Kirk, you said at the beginning of the meeting, didn't you have uh, stipulations or some sort of... I just wanted Something. to make note for the record that um, between when I had sent this to council uh, and bring it to you guys, so, so it's no different to the board, um, but this will be slightly different than what council saw before in that um, on page 15, uh, th there are some changes there to, to clarify some of the language that was incorporated that was at request uh, of David Moore who is the appellant for APL 21-0001. Um, so again, just wanted to state that so it would be on the record. Um, and if you approve it as is, then those corrections would be made and they wouldn't be. Uh, and you're on page 15, not PDF page 15. PDF page 56. 56. Yeah. And, it, and it's mostly clarifying um, one, that it wasn't Oliveira who had talked again. It was Dave Moore saying what Oliveira had said uh, and that Oliveira um, did not say that he would not build a two-story building. He said he would not build a three-story building if he did not get the minor modification. Um, so, so that was the change um, that was requested. If, if you would like it to go back to the previous version, um, I believe that this is more accurate, however, which is why I made the change. Hang on. I've lost the sound. There, no one is currently Mark, that, Mark, there is no sound. That was yeah. me. So, who, who, who was what? Shall we consider the minutes from the last meeting with the uh, uh, changes that were given to us on the handout? I think that it is appropriate. Um, I move to accept the meetings. Um, I forget the date. April 14th. April 14th. I move to approve the minutes for April, you said 15th? 14th. 14th. Perfect. Um, Who shall second? I wasn't there. 
then I can't second because I'm the chair, so it's just Nancy if, if we need a second. I see a second from Nancy, but I believe- I will second. All right, all those in favor? Aye. I guess aye. Mm -hmm. Aye. Mark, mark here the nay. Yeah, mark. <laughs> mark is painting. All right, and then is there any other board announcements? I know we kind of talked about stuff uh, before the meeting. Yeah, just to make sure that it's on the record, uh, we're going into a transitionary period uh, with whether we'll be in person or uh, on Zoom. I kind of wanted to test the what weather about uh, where you felt about in-person versus Zoom meetings. Um, I know that council's going back to in-person on July 1st. Staff will be in office on July 1st, but do you have strong feelings about that? I have got a feeling that we're gonna be doing hybrid for a while. I'm not sure how that will look. I am still traveling, so I would prefer Zoom. Yeah, I have no comments or doesn't really matter to me. This is a little bit more convenient, but I'm willing to go back in person if that's what everybody else wants to do. Yeah, we got we we have baby things to consider there, Kirk. <laughs> we can't we can't come into the city council office with baby things. You wouldn't be the first. <laughs> Is anyone um, other than Bryce for not being able to attend uh, in person? Uh, is anyone else opposed to in person meetings? I guess that's another question. Or I'm fine with them. I'm not opposed. Nancy, do you have any? Doesn't make any difference to me. Okay. That's good to know. Well, I will. I'll keep you in the loop. I, I don't know where things will land at this moment. I've tried to get some clarification prior to this meeting so I could give you a more meaningful update. Um, but like I said, I think we might be trying to do maybe some in person, some on Zoom because we'll be recording all our meetings. Um, so we'll just work through that process and hopefully if we can keep doing some form of hybrid, then you'll still be able to attend, Bryce. Thank you. Yep. I am strongly opposed to in-person meetings. Yes. <laughs> and of course, I know you love staying up until however late it is in Germany. At the moment. Yeah, it's, it's 2 a.m. or well, almost. Um, otherwise, I think that, that is it other than... I mean, Mark, this is your first meeting, correct? So... And my, and, and my only, only my second Zoom meeting, so pardon yeah. me. Oh, good job, I don't, I don't know how you got through the pandemic with that. Second Zoom meeting? Second Zoom meeting, yes. Mask. We'll get you all caught up then. Okay, good. Yeah, just wanted to say thanks for being here, Mark, and Thank you. glad you're able to. Aren't you glad I did this at the end instead of the beginning? I don't have a great track record on that, do I? <laughs> no. Um, is there a motion to end the meeting? Motion to adjourn, anybody? Yeah. Okay, uh, second? Second. I'll second it. Thank you for your second. All right, everybody, this meeting is adjourned. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>